Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to today's show. We'd like to thank you for joining us on this Tuesday before the celebration of our country's designated Thanksgiving Day. You know, audience, it's because of you and the fact that you share hope for today with your circles that Naja and I are just humbled that the program is being heard all around the U.S. So we'd like to thank you. We appreciate you, don't we, Naja? Yes, we do. It's such a privilege and an honor to be able to have this opportunity. And then we just thank our faithful listening audience for tuning in as often as they do and sharing the word along with us. Yes, we are very, very thankful. And, you know, we're, we don't have to, and not that we don't have to, but we don't relegate our thanksgiving to a particular day or a particular week on the calendar. We are thankful all year long, and we know that you are too, and so we just can't say enough. Um, Thank you, and God bless you, even on the time and place that the United States has set aside. But um, anyway, for today, uh, we are looking at a very small passage. Actually, there are three accounts of this that can be found in Mark chapter 1, Matthew chapter 8, and in Luke chapter 4. It has to do with Peter's mother-in-law. Today, <clears throat> excuse me, today we're going to look at the uh, rendition that comes from from Mark. And Jesus had just finished casting out the unclean spirit when it reads this way. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. We're going to come back to this, but let's discuss a side note first. You know, folks, we have a number of in-laws in our families, but for some reason, mothers-in-laws are the brunt of far too many jokes and negative connotations. Naja, what's your view on this? Maybe why why do you think this happens or however you want to address that? This whole thing well, about, yes, go ahead. That that's a, that's it's interesting that you brought that up because um, I haven't really heard that before. So this is this is new to me that mothers-in-law uh, get the brunt or the the short end of the stick oftentimes when they're being referred to. Well, I'm and, glad to know that you don't know about that. That is encouraging. <laughs> Maybe it's an East Coast and a Midwest thing. And a southern thing, and a northeast thing, but it is truly a problem. But I'm glad you don't know about it. 
Um, yeah, but I, I could see where it could, you know, there could be some strains and maybe some tension, um, you know, depending on the personalities and depending on um, how dedicated they are as, as uh, you know, as, as a wife and as a mother-in-law. I can see where two women could be in, at odds or in conflict. So I, I I know it probably is out there. It's just that I have not ever experienced it or even been a part of uh, of a conversation where someone um, you know expressed that they had difficulty with their mother-in-law. But let's let's talk more about that. So that that's what I would have to to add. I think that that, that certainly if there's personalities personalities that clash, mm-hmm. uh, then then God needs to be in the center of that relationship and there needs to be uh, a talking out, there needs to be forgiveness and all those sorts of things that can cause a daughter-in-law and a mother-in-law to be on the same page and uh, to, to be reconciled and to be getting along. Absolutely. And that's in the in the midst of conflict and, as you said, some maybe some not-so-wonderful feelings about one another. But when I talk about these um, jokes, um, they come up irregardless of nece- necessarily it being something happening at the time. Erwin um, uh, has come home in almost every job he has worked in and, and, and made mention in one way or another of someone talking about their mother-in-law. This could be the husband talking about the mother-in-law. It could be a, a, a female talking about the mother-in-law. I think because it is in my circles has uh-huh. been, even before I even got married, you know, I would hear these horrible mother-in-law jokes. They've just been uh, long-standing. And I I think it's so prevalent in some places, not yours, good, thank goodness, but in many places that it prejudices, I believe it prejudices um, an individual even before they get into a situation, for instance, let's say um, a young lady is about to become married, and I've seen this happen as well, that because of the mother-in-law jokes and whatever other reason, I'm not putting it all on the jokes, but because of them, she goes into the relationship expecting that to be her mother-in-law, particularly oh. such such a transient society where maybe you didn't necessarily get to know your mother-in-law or your prospective mother-in-law or your prospective daughter-in-law. And so um, here's this young woman, and she is already making assumptions that her mother-in-law is going to be a problem. And um, there has to be great commitment on that mother-in-law's part and for her to uh, show this young lady that that, that's not the case. So. Uh It's um, it's it's unfortunate, particularly as I as I led into this, that it would be unfortunate no matter what. But particularly since you have daughter-in-laws, you have son-in-laws, you have father-in-laws. Even let's just look at the mother-in-law and the father-in-law. I've never heard a father-in-law joke. They may they exist. I'm sure they they might. I wouldn't be surprised if they do. But I've never heard a father-in-law joke. It's always the mother-in-law and. I was just so glad. I've always taken note of this passage of Scripture, but now that I'm a mother-in-law, I think 
it has even more of, of, I know it has more of a meaning, and it caught my eye probably more because I am now a mother-in-law. And I always had a a commitment in in the in the face of all of what I've said. I've always been committed to making sure that I honored and um, blessed my mother-in-law. And I think what sometimes what daughters-in-laws don't see, and I'm only focusing on daughters-in-law, some daughters-in-law, because of the situation, is that this wonderful husband that they have. That uh-huh. mother-in-law reaped into that son's life so that he would yes. be who he is. And uh-huh. for me, let's say I was a man and, and I and you were my mother-in-law, there's no way that I should think that your son arrived there on his own. I mean, and of course his dad had something to do with it and other people had something to do with it, but how dare I take him and not take you? It's uh-huh. like how do you separate the mother from the child, the mother from, right. I won't say the child because it's an, an adult, but the mother from the son. How do you separate? You don't. So you I, love, I love your son. He's my husband. But you I have a real problem with. And I haven't even given you a chance. Uh-huh. I haven't even given you a chance. Uh-huh. But um, I don't want to veer off too far from, from the text and the fact that we see that Jesus, just like he cares about everybody, I think that this is here, particularly since it falls in three of our Gospels. Uh-huh. Small as it is, it's not there by accident. It's there for us to take note of the fact that he purposely went to the need that she had, which was her illness, and she was sick with the fever. It tells us specifically it was the fever. And... He went to her, and it didn't just say he went to her and healed her. He went to her, he took her hand, uh-huh. and he helped her up. And then, Naja, what happened after he helped her up? She went and Fever waited left. on them. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's it. She got yes. well, and she waited on them. He uh, ministered to her. And she immediately began to minister to them. And that's what I think uh, we need to focus on within our own uh, familial relationships, that this mother-in-law, hopefully she's a mother-in-law that's a godly mother-in-law, and even if she's not a godly mother-in-law, she's still a mother-in-law with a a specific and purposeful designation and what mother-in-law, especially if she has grandchildren, doesn't reach out to bless her family? Mm. What mother-in-law, yes. what grandmother doesn't reach out to bless her family? And even if she doesn't have grandchildren, she had to be a blessing for this man to be such a good man. <laughs> you know? Right. And even... <laughs> I don't know. It's just I, I think I heard you getting ready to say something, and I know I've been talking. We're about to we're losing our time, so you go ahead. 
I was going to say in Luke, now you read the passage in Mark in Luke, the same account. is It gives you just a little bit more information. It says on verse 38, 438 through 39, and he arose and left the synagogue. They're talking about Jesus and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they made request of him on her behalf. So there were several people there, at least more than one, who made a request on her behalf for Jesus to heal her. And then verse 39 says, And standing over her, he, meaning Jesus, Jesus, rebuked the fever, and it left her. And then it says, And she immediately arose and waited on them immediately. So there was no... Milling around and and not quite sure if she was well or not, she immediately got up and, like you said, she had been ministered to and healed, and then she in turn ministered to others. And so I, I like that. And, and and it sounds like there were several that were um, interested in her well-being. They made a request on her yes, behalf. Yes. Uh, yes. So absolutely. Yeah, um, and even in that first passage, it said that they went and they made requests of him. So, yes, I mean, and so that that might even mean, that suggests anyway, that she had been, um, had made an effect, an impact on their lives, uh-huh. you know. You know, it would be like you uh, looking at my mom or, you know, and going and, 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 and getting help from my mom because, well, you would do it anyway, but particularly if she had been a part of your life, you know, that she yeah. had made some kind of impact on your life. I remember your mom's um, memorial and all the people who talked about the impression that she made on their lives. And so you, I just know that they would do the same, have done, and maybe many of them already did this, make that same type of intercession on her behalf. Uh-huh. And I was so blessed, you know, I had um, I talked about all of the times that I've heard these awful jokes, but I was so blessed. I was in a a public place um, days ago, and this lady that I've come to know um, a little bit, she has recently got the diagnosis that she has cancer, and uh-huh. she's not a woman of means. But her son-in-law, he already works two jobs. He took. Listen to this. He took on another job, a third job, to dedicate those funds to his mother-in-law's need. Oh. I thought that, I mean, I sat there, oh. and I just teared up. I was just in awe that he would do such a thing to bless her that way. Oh, what a blessing, yes. It is. It is. So what are our, what's our takeaway, Naj? Well, I think our takeaway is that uh, the, uh, a, a dedicated and a, and a committed mother-in-law uh, who's living for the Lord, her reputation will proceed her, and it will live on. That will be a part of her legacy. And uh, mothers-in-law are a very intricate part of a family, very important part of a family. And uh, jokes that, uh, you know, are not, Becoming of a mother-in-law shouldn't be told. I'll say that because that that's how we started out, and we have a wonderful example in the Gospels, uh, Luke, Mark, and Matthew, of uh, where Jesus went to Simon's home and healed his mother-in-law, who was sick from fever, and she was ministered to, like you said, and then she in turn immediately he was healed immediately, 
and uh, she in turn ministered to others. And so I think as mothers-in-law, those of us who have the privilege and honor of being able to wear that hat, that uh, we have, uh, it's, it's, it's not an easy role, but it's a role that God has given us, and it is something that we can live out. And the fruit of the Spirit comes to mind, uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And those are found in Galatians 5.22. So that would be my takeaway. And I thank you for that. It's very appropriate. And um, audience, we hope you got something out of this and that it will help you in the days and years to come. Again, God bless you, and we're going to say good night. Good night, and thank you.